Mikey talking about the coronavirus, talking about the police state, and talking about the Illuminati. Stay here. This is Comic Wano. Thank you for your support. This week we're going to do a special video cast on a journalist called Whitney Webb. We share quite a lot of her stories, she writes for uh, Mint Press News. A lot of her stories are related to Israeli infiltration of the United States government and military. So my dad contacted me and said these stories are great, there's a great video cast um, that she's done that we've, that we've shared on our website as well. What I want to do is put all those findings into context and explain them in a video cast of our own so it makes a lot more sense to people, basically creating the whole picture. So, of course, that's what we're going to do. So, Dad, take it away. Explain to us. In connecting Israeli tech companies, and uh, a lot of people won't know this, but Israel is becoming a major, major global center for um, the whole tech, smart technology um, arena. Um, and she connects uh, these various companies into a, a vast web. And they are connected themselves into the, not just the Israeli government, but the Israeli military and intelligence networks like Mossad and the domestic version Shin Bet. And there is a particular um, military elite cyber unit called um, 8200 or 8200, um, whichever um, name you want to uh, give it or pronounce it. And they are based at a place called Beersheba. Beersheba is where the Israeli government military intelligence has built a vast cyber center. And, you know, if you criticize Israel online um, and you get the abuse back, uh, a lot of that abuse is actually coming out of Beersheba. And this um, whole 8200 and other connecting companies and groups have um, set about taking control of this whole smart technology network, which goes under the name of the smart grid. And the area they absolutely focus on is something called cybersecurity. And that's very important and very relevant because when you are um, employed by the American government, the American military, the Pentagon, the uh, American intelligence network, and whatever like that around the world, when you are writing um, programs to um, secure computer systems, you have to have access to everything. The whole system in all its detail, all the passwords, the codings, everything. 
And there's another area which connects into this, which I talk about in the, my book, The Trigger, where I go into this in great detail, um, which is called enterprise architecture. And that uh, means that you can um, have ongoing um, real time access to these computer systems and through the codes that you write in the cyber security area, you can put back doors into these systems through which you can access them. So you write a cybersecurity program for, say, the Pentagon or the White House or whoever, and you can um, write into that program hidden back doors which allow you to have ongoing access to that data in real time. And as I uh, describe again in great detail in uh, the trigger, this is fundamentally how 9-11 was pulled off, not by 19 Arab hijackers um, who were supposed to fly wide body jets when they couldn't fly uh, uh, one engine Cessnas, but by um, hacking in through these back doors in the way I've described into the computer systems of the American government, the Pentagon, particularly the um, Pentagon response system to hijacking through an organization called NORAD, and also access to uh, computer screens being seen by the Civilian um, Aviation Administration um, air traffic system. And the control was such that in real time, they had the ability to put blips on the screen of planes that weren't there and take blips off the screen of planes that were there, but were no longer visible. This is the, 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 the scale of um, manipulation potential that we're talking about once you can put these back doors into these systems. So what Whitney Webb has been um, writing about um, at length is how these Israeli um, cybersecurity companies that operate as one web and then lock into the uh, the military intelligence central core like um, 8200, um, how um, they have been accessing fundamentally important computer systems in America, other countries as well, I'm sure, uh, and having this backdoor access. And what I wanted to do today was, was put this into a a bigger picture of why it's happening and where it's planned to go. And to do that, we have to get through this whole idea that what I'm talking about is a, quote, Jewish plot. You hear some people say it's a Jewish plot. It's uh, it's the Jews. But it ain't. Uh, what it is, is a secret society cult that I expose in detail in the trigger, which um, has hijacked the Jewish community. It's also hijacked Saudi Arabia. 
it's hijacked um, the Vatican and Roman Catholicism worldwide uh, because it specializes in infiltration, in appearing to be one of the group it's infiltrated, appearing to be a supporter of the group or culture or community it's infiltrated and manipulating itself into the leadership of these cultures, uh, countries and religions, and yet not pursuing an agenda to the benefit of that it's supposed to represent, but for the benefit of the cult and its long-term agenda. Just very briefly, you can pick this story up in the 17th century with a guy called uh, Sabbatai Zevi, hence uh, Sabbatean, and he claimed to be uh, a, a Jewish messiah. The Jewish messiah had come. And he operated um, in the um, Islamic-controlled Ottoman Empire. And he built up a, for the time, a massive following. And by the way, what I'm saying here is has come from Jewish sources, people in the Jewish community who have realized they've been infiltrated and taken over and um, have, have tried to get that information out. So the Sultan of the Ottoman Empire says to uh, Zebi, you either um, basically convert to Islam or we'll sort you out. So he did. And a lot of his followers did. And they became known as the Donme which means to turn. Uh, and they uh, operated as if they were following the Islamic religion while they were following the cult of Sabbatai Zevi. And what this cult does and did is to invert everything. And it inverted traditional Judaism in the sense that if it was a, um, a fast day in Judaism, in um, Sabbateanism, as it was known as then, um, it would become a feast day and so on and so forth. Everything got inverted. And if you look at if you look at the world in general today, what do you see? Constant inversion. So he um, eventually uh, uh, died. And in the um, 18th century, along came a guy called... Um, Jacob Frank. Jacob Frank, um, hence it became Sabbatean Frankism, uh, claimed to be the reincarnation of Zevi and of the biblical patriarch Jacob. And he took Sabbatean Frankism onto a whole new level and depth of depravity and orchestrated the infiltration of the Vatican, for instance, and so many other areas, including the Jewish community. And what they do is they they pose as if you know, we're, we're, we're Jewish and we are uh, uh, supporting and representative of the Jewish community when they're they're not. In fact, if, if you look at the background, they actually hate Jews. Uh, and yet have infiltrated and, and taken control of that uh, community, while um, the community in general believes that they're one of them. And people talk about the Illuminati part of this vast web of manipulation. 
and uh, the Bavarian Illuminati, which was created in 1776. So who um, who created it? Well, Jacob Frank, Mayor Amstel Rothschild, who was the founder of the Rothschild dynasty. He changed the name from Bauer to Rothschild. And um, Adam Weishaupt, who was the front man for the uh, the Bavarian Illuminati. And they um, were Sabbatean Frankists. They were part of this cult. So the if you look at the inner core of the Rothschild dynasty, um, they are Sabbatean Frankists, not Jewish. But they hide behind that, not least so they can uh, uh, manipulate events from the shadows, but also um, because it gives them cover, because anyone that gets close to them increasingly now, uh, you're anti-Semitic, you're anti-Jewish. When people like me are actually um, anti-Sabbatean Frankist cult, which is a very, very different thing. And the, if you like, the holy book uh, of um, of Sabbatean Frankism is the Kabbalah, a particular type of Kabbalah, and uh, p- the, the the foundation of that is a is a a work called the Zohar, and the Zohar word Zohar means radiance or illumination, and that's where um, the whole Illuminati things uh, the theme comes from. And of course, the Kabbalah is the esoteric, um, what some people would call a cult word that just means hidden um, book of Jewish mysticism, etc. But they follow the Sabbatean Frankis particular uh, version of it. So as the uh, the decades and the centuries passed, this Sabbatean Frankist cult started to expand and expand its power as they infiltrated more and more areas. And I have a a chapter in uh, the trigger uh, called Atlantic Crossing, and that's describing how this Sabbatean Frankist cult moved in on America and infiltrated the um, intelligence uh, network, CIA, etc., what is now known as the deep state with uh, the Pentagon and so on and also government administration. And this is where this fundamentally uh, close relationship comes from between the elite in Israel and the elite in uh, America and the American administration. I mean, they own Donald Trump quite demonstrably. He gives them everything they ask for. And, uh, And it's not... Uh, the Israeli people and the American people, it's different arms of the same cult. You know, the American government gives Israel more foreign aid than any other country in the world. And it's what? Just a smear uh, of land in um, the Middle East by comparison to the rest of the world. Um, It gives them, uh, for instance, um, $3.8 billion a year in military aid, a lot of which, as Whitney Webb points out, is actually spent on advancing this um, cyber control of this whole smart arena, including the infiltration of American computer systems. 
The point is, however, I hear people say, oh, yeah, the, the American government, it gives it gives the Jews three point eight billion dollars a year. No, it doesn't. You know, when you talk to uh, people in the Israeli Jewish community in Israel, uh, uh, they they are suffering deprivation and oppression by their elite in the same way as in other countries around the world. It's not the, the, the rank and file Jewish Israelis that are getting the 3.8 billion. It's the Sabbatean Frankist elite that controls Israel and suppresses the, uh, the people of Israel in the way I've described, just as it does in other um, parts of the world. So here we have this, um, this cult, actually a death cult, if you go deep enough, which um, infiltrates different communities, poses as them, and in the public arena, in the way the media uh, uh, describes the world and reports the world, you have this group, different to this group, different to this group, different to this group, and everything apart from everything else, when if you go deep in the shadows, this cult is controlling that group, that group, that group, and that group by posing as that group when they are really all together uh, um, seeking to advance a particular agenda. And one of the themes, of course, one of the things that this Sabatian Frankist cult some of them believe it. I think the inner core don't believe it, but it suits them as a, a way of manipulating what they want, which is global control. Um, they um, talk about the fact that um, the day is coming when the Jewish Messiah will arrive. And of course, with the background to Zabbatai Zevi and uh, Jacob Frank, you can see the connection between Sabbatai and Frankism, uh, the cult and um, and that whole Jewish Messiah uh, uh, belief, um, they say that um, a uh, a world ruler is coming, a Jewish Messiah that will control the world, rule the world out of Israel, Israel, Jerusalem. And when you when you look at that before recent times, you would obviously say. That's bloody mad. That could never happen. How could that possibly happen? That's ridiculous. But now, as you start to see two things, one, the emergence of the smart grid, which is that's why all this technology and ways of doing things now, everything's called smart because it's all connected to this grid. The idea is that everything eventually is controlled by artificial intelligence. This is where the Internet of Things comes from, where all these devices right down to your fridge and whatever are being connected to the Internet. But also, if you take it further, you see that um, people like Ray Kurzweil, the Google executive in Silicon Valley and others are talking now openly about the day coming they, he gives the year around 2030, but coming when the human brain will be connected to artificial intelligence and to this smart grid. Now, 
whoever controls centrally as this unfolds, as they describe the smart grid will control everything connected to it. Ultimately, as they talk about, eventually the human brain via AI. In other words, AI becomes human perception and not human thought and emotional response that we take for granted today. Now, add that to the fact going into Whitney Webb's work that this vast and it's moving so fast, this vast and ever increasing uh, connection network web of Israeli cybersecurity companies and other cyber companies connected as they are into the Israeli military and intelligence network through Unit 8200 and Mossad and Shin Bet. And the fact, and I've quoted um, Netanyahu at, um, at some length at a point in the, um, in the trigger, and all I'm doing is simply um, publishing what he said about the intention to basically become number one tech center in the world. So we have this Beersheba military complex, cyber military complex all around it uh, now and increasing all the time again are the research and development um, of research and development centers of major Silicon Valley corporations, all the big ones. And um, the idea I suggest, uh, having researched this at great length, is that the plan is that the center of this smart grid will be Israel. And from that control potential comes the ability to control everything. And so I would emphasize again, am I saying that this is a Jewish plot on the world? No, I'm not. I'm, I'm saying the opposite, in fact. What I'm saying is this Sabbatean Frankist cult, which has infiltrated and taken control of the Jewish community, as well as others. I mean, the Saudi royal family, if you if you follow their uh, story back, they are Donme. They are um, infiltrators which have taken control of Saudi Arabia with the help of the British and the Americans, of course, that sits back in amazement, can't believe it. So. Just because we see certain things on the surface and certain people appear and groups and countries appear to be in opposition doesn't mean at the level of the cult that they are. They're working as one unit. And so suddenly the ability for a, quote, world ruler symbolically out of Israel becomes more and more credible and possible if the control of this smart grid is eventually located in um, Israel, which is which is where it's uh, uh, currently going. Uh, they they have a tremendously um, detailed uh, program um, in um, in uh, Israel of picking out cyber people, from uh, cyber uh, talented people in the universities when they go into the military under um, conscription, 
They then go into these cyber units and they um, develop skills and they develop um, uh, knowledge of systems being developed by the military. And then they and, and this is not me speaking, by the way, I'm quoting people like Netanyahu here and others. They then leave the military, quote, and they go and they start their own companies or they, they go into companies already there in places like Silicon Valley. And Israel is now known as the startup nation. In fact, there's a, an organization called um, Startup Nation Central, I think it's called, which is funded to the tune of tens of millions of dollars by uh, Paul Singer, who is a major, they call them vulture capitalists in the United States. And um, this is funding tech companies starting up and then uh, becoming major players in the global smart cyber um, world. So this is how what Whitney Webb has been talking about connects into the bigger picture of this attempt to um, create this global centralized dictatorship that I've been um, writing about for 30 years. I'm talking about this cult that's infiltrated the Jewish community as it's infiltrated Saudi Arabia, as it's infiltrated the Roman church. The Roman church is, is a, a, the relocated church of Babylon anyway, if you follow the history back. Um, if you look at Take the Jewish population of the world in totality. It's about, officially, 0.2%. 0.2% of the population of the world. Then you look at um, the Jewish population in America, which is 2%. You look at the population of Israel in totality, and it's about 8 million. Eight million in a world heading rapidly towards eight billion. So then you ask the question, why does Israel, its government and its military, etc., and its networks in America like APAC and all the other organizations that come from that, uh, that very much are involved in uh, the manipulation of American politics, etc., big time. You ask, why could 0.2% of the world population have so much influence? I mean, Israel this, Israel that, oh, anti-Semitic that. I mean, it's every bloody where. Well, the answer is this cult, because all that is orchestrated by the cult. And this cult, when I'm talking about those in full knowledge of what they're doing and what they're part of, is actually a tiny fraction of the 0.2%. But what happens is because um, they pose as Jewish and supportive of Jewish ambitions, a lot of Jewish people who don't even know there's a cult, let alone it's taken over their community, um, support it because they think it's it's the right thing to do to support Israel and, and what Israel wants. But it's not what Israel wants, ultimately. It's what the cult wants that I'm talking about. And so you get these um, multi-billionaires 
that have funded um, this this web that I'm talking about, and they control Silicon Valley. The idea is to move the center of power to Israel, but they, they control Silicon Valley now. This is uh, the force that's behind all the censorship, because what you don't want is the ability of people to research and uncover what you're doing and then communicate it to people. You want the, the censorship kicking in to make sure that as few people as possible ever hear that information. And if you look at your Facebooks and your Googles and your Google own YouTube, etc., etc., um, the influence of these um, on the face of it, uh, Zionist uh, Jewish uh, organizations like the Anti-Defamation League, etc., in America, are absolutely fantastic. Uh, but they're not representing the interests of Jewish people. You see this in uh, a clear fact that Jewish people that criticize Israel, although they may not realize what they're criticizing, they're actually criticizing this cult that's that's hijacked Israel um, and was behind, indeed, the, the, the moves to create it. Look, look at the Rothschild involvement in, in the creation of Israel. You see what I mean? Um, when Jewish people criticize Israel and its actions, they are abused by this network out of the Israeli government military intelligence network far more um, vehemently than non-Jewish people, because with um, people who are Jewish, they have a problem. They try bizarrely, even so, but they have a big problem casting them as anti-Semitic. Like I say, they try. People have been thrown out of the Labour Party who were Jewish for being anti-Semitic, for criticizing Israel. This is how ludicrous it gets. But you see the um, the constant theme of if you're Jewish and you criticize uh, these people and the Israeli um, hierarchy and elite, then you get the treatment more vehemently than if you're not, because it's much easier for them to cast the um, the uh, aspersions uh, on um, non-Jewish people as, oh, you're just anti-Semitic. Um, my belief is that we're all points of attention within the same infinite flow of consciousness and all the labels we give ourselves are are just experiences transitory experiences so my philosophy is the ultimate non-racist and the ultimate non-label and non-judging people by label so i'm not talking about the jewish community here i'm talking about that which has hijacked the jewish community and saudi arabia and increasingly uh, more than increasingly, the American administration and others around the world as well. You've got a saying, um, which you say quite a lot, which is if something comes from nowhere and it's suddenly everywhere, it's, it's the agenda. Now, the smart stuff, um, I mean, you'd have a little smart car that probably appeared quite a few years ago, but now everything's smart. It's an absolute explosion. Like you said earlier, fridges, phones, tellies, everything's smart, smart watches, cars, every, everything's smart, smart roads. It, the, the whole shebang, smart motorways and stuff, the death trap that, that they are. A friend of mine um, actually said to me a couple of days ago, he said that EDF Energy had been 
on the phone to him every single day for two weeks trying to get him to install a smart meter. So they're, they're absolutely pushing it. What that should be is one phone call. Do you want a smart meter? No, I don't, mate. Phone down, done. Every single day for two weeks. So the pressure is there and they want you to do it. And there is a bit of resistance to it, like my friend's not getting one. And I'm thinking, and I wanted to have a little chat about it, something comes along then that suddenly stops that resistance. And that's where I'm thinking coronavirus has come from nowhere. Now, a lot of the responses to coronavirus are based in technology and smart technology. Is there a link between the two? Because from where I'm looking, it's a bit convenient. I don't believe for a second that it's actually appeared naturally. Uh, we do we have a heck of a lot more to know about it but on that I'm absolutely in no doubt uh, just looking at things um, but I'll come round to that in a second what it's worth doing is just describing what this smart grid is supposed to be and how all the time we're moving towards it the plan is that everything and I mean everything will be controlled by artificial intelligence, which will be controlled centrally. And let's take vehicles, for instance. Uh, we are having this, well, alleged debate uh, in Britain about something called smart motorways, what Americans call freeways. And what used to happen is that there were lanes that were live with the cars moving and then there was a lane on the left called the hard shoulder an emergency lane and if you um your car broke down you got into that emergency lane so you were out of the danger of all the cars coming behind you and the lorries and the buses etc what they're doing with these smart motorways is they're taking that emergency lane out and uh, it's killing people well it, it wasn't predictable was it because people are going, have nowhere to go now. If the car breaks down, they go into the left-hand lane, but the left-hand lane's now a live lane, bang, when you stop. And they're, they're still pushing this, despite all the, the deaths, for a simple reason. There is an agenda for the world. And people who resist this, well, they can go on resisting it, but the, 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 the constant, incessant uh, movement of events and situations, eventually not even they are going to be able to deny it. These smart motorways are being created not for vehicles as they are now, but for autonomous vehicles where a computer drives it and not the human. And this obviously creates a situation where if the computer is encoded, and it will be, it is dictating where you can and cannot go. At the moment, with a petrol vehicle, you drive it to where you want to go. But when a computer's driving the car and is encoded not to go to the places the system decides that, that the population are not going to go anymore, the, the car will literally not take you there. And this whole smart grid is about control right down to um, connecting AI to the human brain. So AI becomes human thinking and what will then pass for emotion 
And we're seeing this moving forward all the time. And what they're creating is something known as a technocracy. You know, people say that the uh, manipulation, for instance, of the uh, human caused climate hoax is to uh, justify centralization of power to create a fascist stroke um, communist global state, fascist communist, different names for the same tyranny, really. Um, and, and that is true on one level, but the technocracy is something slightly different. The technocracy is um, defined in the dictionary as an, uh, a form of rule which is conducted by bureaucrats, technocrats in all their forms, scientists, engineers, etc. And the idea is to create a technocracy which in the playing out will be a global fascist communist state of centralized control, yes, but it will be done via technology and artificial intelligence. And what has to go for a technocracy to be installed is what we today call democracy. And so what we, what we refer to as democracy is being targeted all the time. More and more reasons for things to be done without democratic um, oversight or without the people having a say. I mean, you look now, Gaz, at the control of global society and the information we receive or don't receive that is in the hands of Silicon Valley corporations. It's much more powerful than government. Most government doesn't even understand what's going on in Silicon Valley. And so we're seeing the technocracy moving forward all the time. And um, anything that can create a problem which suspends democracy, if you like, and has uh, uh, authoritarian impositions to meet the problem is stepping us further towards what they say in their own documents is the post-democratic society. And so if you look at, um, <clears throat> you look at um, human-caused um, climate change, the hoax, people say, why would they hoax climate change? Simple. Create the problem or the illusion of one, which it is, and then offer the solution to your manufactured problem or illusion of a problem and what so when when people are saying there's a problem okay what's your solution to the problem and in the solution will come the understanding of why we have the problem so you look at extinction rebellion and the green new deal in america and what you're looking at is a uh, agenda for the control of the fine detail centrally of people's lives, right down to what they eat or don't, to meet the problem of human-caused climate change. And that's why we have the hoax, so that solution can be put forward, which it is being. So then you look at the coronavirus, which you mention, and it ticks every box of 
a problem reaction solution to justify centralization of power and draconian imposition to meet the problem of the virus. And if people say to me, oh, oh, well, well, what else can they do? They've got to isolate people and they've got to have this lockdown and that lockdown to meet the problem of the virus. Okay. But why do they have the ability to do that? And for the public overwhelmingly to support it? Because of the virus. You see, once once you release a virus, basically there's a chain reaction that takes care of itself. Because if you can if you can get people frightened enough of it, then you are going to have the ability to basically do what you like in terms of draconian imposition, because people will be saying, just do anything, do anything, whatever, just just protect us. So all you have to do basically is is introduce the virus and bang, the chain reaction will take you in that direction. And in China, for instance, and, and you know, this is saying something because China is already a technocracy. They have millions of cameras in cities, uh, face recognition cameras. They can track anyone within a few minutes. They have a social credit system where um, and this is all, of course, through the surveillance system uh, uh, logged and tracked. When you act in ways that, that, that the government wants, you get social credits. When you don't, you get them taken away. And when you um, reach a certain level of them being taken away, you are banned from flying. You are banned from going on trains. There are consequences. This is how the technocracy is supposed to work globally. And this is why I've been saying, Gaz, um, all these years, if you want to know what's planned for the West tomorrow, look at China today. It's not an accident that this, this, this virus is said to have come out of China. And even by their extraordinary standards of technocracy tyranny up to this point, this virus has allowed them to go even further um, in uh, control and imposition of uh, the public. And like I said in the chat we had a couple of weeks ago about the coronavirus, what happens is these things are introduced. But when the time is passed, when the virus starts to um, dissipate, they're already claiming it is in China, but who knows, then what has been imposed as a result of the virus is not totally rolled back. So with, with, with a, another step forward towards this technocracy, and you rightly mention uh, how many AI technology solutions are being put forward to, um, to meet the, 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 the challenge of this uh, virus, as they say. And what you're going to see is is this theme of well look we've got through this but it could happen again any time so what we have to do now and it will be more in position and it will be technologically based and it will involve more and more um fine detail surveillance of people you you spoke since the 90s about a microchip population and this is another thing that's been mentioned quite a lot um, surrounding coronavirus that um, if you had a microchip within yourself that could 
sense essentially a virus then you'd know and it would you know you could isolate yourself and it would stop it spreading because you know a lot of people have probably spread it when they didn't realize they had it that's something that's being spoken about quite a lot and 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 people that that I know you know that are, are generally quite switched on are kind of open to it whereas if you'd said to them 10 years ago we're going to put a microchip in you they'd have told you to jog on and and there you have it again it's the it's the situation of right well the virus is the reason why so where did the virus come from then microchipping people to connect us to outside technological sources of um, information. I mean, what is Wi-Fi, which is full of the information of the entire bloody Internet? It's a radiation field. You can access people. One level of the human body is a radiation field. And you can access these fields through technological frequencies if you know what you're doing. It's why 5G is so potentially um, lethal and significant in not only um, affecting human health, but manipulating human psychology. Uh, and, you know, the um, 33rd degree of... Uh, Freemasonry has a motto, order out of chaos. Chaos is the currency of the cult. They create chaos, which means the status quo, how things have been, is gone. And out of the chaos comes a new status quo. This is what they do with wars. Wars destroy status quos and afterwards they introduce another status quo. Then they have another war. They destroy that status quo and they create another status quo. And with every status quo transformation, they're going closer and closer to the technocracy, global um, smart grid, human uh, control system. And uh, when you've uh, been researching this, for 30 years, like I have, the world becomes an open book, because if you know where they want to go, the daily steps towards where they want to go become absolutely obvious. And this coronavirus has the potential for a big leap forward in where um, they want to go. And, uh, you know, we're seeing this theme even before the coronavirus. We're seeing this theme of mandatory vaccinations. The, the, the moronic people in um, the British government are, are now contemplating this, they say. They're not contemplating it. They're planning to bring it in. Um, and if you want access to the human body, well, there's, there's two ways to do it very uh, efficiently. One is through the water supply, which everyone drinks. Um and the other is through vaccinations. And I think that in terms of this coronavirus, in relation to this cult, we need to be very, very skeptical about a vaccine for coronavirus for which there will be enormous pressure and enormous public support to make compulsory or at least um, shun and have consequences and sanctions against those that won't have it. 
Uh, and we need to be very um, wary and ask ourselves what's in it. No, no, not what you're telling us is in it. What's really in it? Because it it would be the opportunity of a mass uh, global vaccination program to get access to the body. And when someone says we are going to tell you what goes in your body and what doesn't, there's a word for that. Fascism. It's interesting as well, going back to uh, our earlier conversation and the work of, of Whitney Webb, that it's that it's Israeli scientists that have got the vaccine for coronavirus over here. It's just a coincidence, though. That it's Israeli scientists also the Israeli government, which here. I say is the Sabatier and Franken's government, uh, and uh, said that they they had um, been using coronavirus as a um, a, a a way of testing technology and uh, that they they had as a result got further along the road to a vaccine for this virus uh, one of the scientists said it was pure luck that we were working on the coronavirus well some people might believe that uh, some people may not um, but wherever the vir- the uh, vaccine comes from uh, we need to be very very wary um, because uh what is an absolutely massive, blatant, obvious problem, reaction, solution? The virus, the fear, the vaccine. And um, I, for one, won't be bloody having it. That's for sure. No, not at all, me either. There's, there's a, lot of, um, a lot of censorship surrounding coronavirus already. Um, and it's, it's only been around five minutes. And already a lot of, um, well, basically all the tech giants, the Silicon Valley, um, are jumping on any conversations about coronavirus, any stories about coronavirus. If people are posting stuff, a friend of mine posted a story um, about taking um, a lot of vitamin C and vitamin D as well, and they they were covered with the, the fake news film that they now put on stories on Instagram and stuff like that, saying that that's not true. So they're controlling that, um, and that's another way, um, going back to what we were talking about earlier, that, that the cult itself protects itself from from exposure by Whitney by yourself by others is is by censorship and well with the cult calling you an anti-semite as well as another one uh the perception that people have of this virus whether it's true or whether it's not true is what's driving behavior and you have a simple little sequence information becomes perception becomes behavior so you have to control information, not just the information you give people to bring about the perception, thus the behavior that you want, but you have to stop other forms of information that challenge your information that would give people the opportunity to have different perceptions and therefore have different behavior. So um, controlling information, which is in effect in most people controlling perception is a fundamental bottom line uh, for this cult. And if you look at where most people today get their information from, it all goes back to Silicon Valley. Uh, And uh, that's not a coincidence. And uh, the censorship of information about the coronavirus was talked about in this simulation run by the World Economic Forum, this 
real center of of the center one uh, percent organization um, that has its meeting in Davos every year. Um, the World Economic Forum and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, don't start me, um, ran this simulation six weeks before the coronavirus came to uh, light. Um, and they were running the simulation on how the world would react and how the authorities would react or had to react to a coronavirus outbreak. I mean, talk about bloody prophecy. Um, and one of the major areas that was discussed in this simulation, which you can see online, it was filmed, um, was controlling information uh, about the virus and targeting what they call anti-vaxxers because the the punchline of this virus is um, very likely to be the vaccine in the end, uh, as well as so many other benefits for advancing this agenda in all its forms that I've been talking about. I, um, I read a story, or shared a story on davidlight.com from the activist post where they were saying that actually the biggest problem um, for humanity from this virus is the reaction to the virus, it's not the virus itself. And obviously the, the mandatory vaccinations is, is, is number one, isn't it? That's, that's the, main, the main thing they want. We can only look at things as they, they are at the moment. And China is, is claiming that, that they're starting to flatline on, on it now. Um, but I, I would ask people, you know, just look how many people die of heart attacks every year. Look how many people die of cancer every year. Look how many people die in road accidents every year. Um, and, and it would put it into some kind of um, perspective. That is no solace for those who, who, who die, overwhelmingly old people and those with uh, other health problems um, from this, uh, this virus, as we're told. Um, but it does put it into some kind of um, perspective. Uh, you know, if, if it was about, you know, protecting uh, people, um, then... A lot of other things that take people's lives would be addressed with the same vehemence. Things that take more people's lives would be addressed with greater vehemence uh, or, or the same vehemence. But they're not. Uh, but what we have here is um, is every news organization, the whole communication system of the world is dominated by it. And. Therefore, it is building up a, a fear in many people, a terror of this, um, which the vast, 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 vast majority of people um, who are not elderly and have other health problems will, are not being affected by this um, in any way that threatens their life. So. We, we have a situation where um, if you put it in perspective, the, uh, the hysteria is, um, is exaggerated. And there shouldn't be hysteria anyway, because hysteria means you're not thinking straight. And once you're not thinking straight, when you fall for fear, and when the survival mechanism kicks in, save me whatever, you are a lamb to the slaughter for the, um, the manipulators because that's exactly what they're trying to elicit.
Um, and by the way, in terms of vitamin C, I'm not telling people what they should do, but um, I, I take um, uh, big doses of vitamin C, uh, and um, and that's what I'm uh, I do. And um, people will have to make their own mind up what they do. Well, like we said two weeks ago, uh, keep calm. It's 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 very important to keep calm. Yeah, keep calm. Keep calm. And there's one other point before we finish, Gaz. This is why the definition of anti-Semitism keeps getting expanded. Of course, the British Labour Party, which um, uh, you know it's the Labour Party if they're on their knees, because um, uh, that's where they spend their time these days, party of the people. You know, you remember that. You must have a good memory. Um, the expansion expansion of the definition of anti-semitism to include criticism of israel which is now being uh, taken on by american states and imposed on universities um, is not to protect jewish people from uh, from discrimination this cult couldn't care less about jewish people that's the point it's to stop exposure of what it's doing and even more than that exposure of its existence and its agenda. And I won't. I won't stop. Because um, in my view, the future of human freedom depends on us not stopping. Because in its target, in its gun sight, is exactly that, all vestige of human freedom to be deleted.